Psalm 119, and we will commence at verse 41. Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in thy judgment, so shall I keep thy law continually, forever and ever. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings, and I will not be ashamed. And I will delight myself in the commandments which I have loved, My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved. And I will meditate in thy statutes. Notice the verses here, verse 45. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. Let us ask the Lord for his help in preaching of his word even here tonight. Our eternal God in heaven, we thank thee once again that we can come to thy throne of grace. We thank thee, Lord, that we have access to heaven even here tonight through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. So, Lord, we do ask of thee once again, O Lord, that thou would do it again, O Lord, that thou would send thy blessing, withhold not thy sound of abundance of rain, and, O Lord, that thou would truly make this barren ground a wet ground, that we would even even see the blessings from heaven uh, even here tonight. Be with us, we ask. Give help to the preacher. And, O Lord, that Thou would truly fill with the Holy Ghost. And, O Lord, that Thou would truly minister even here, that we would truly leave this place, knowing that God uh, has worked a great work. Be with us, we ask. Give help, we ask. In Jesus' precious name, Amen. Our text here for tonight is going to be found in Psalm 119, verses, uh, verse 45. And I will walk at liberty, uh, for I seek Thy precepts. And in our modern day time, we often know as we go soul winning for the Lord, as we evangelize, and we often hear the response by those unbelievers, well, I'm at liberty. You're the one in bondage, saith the unbeliever. And many churches have made their stand for liberalism, as we know in our day and age. But what I want to preach to you here tonight is what is liberty? What does liberty mean when the Bible talks that I will walk in liberty? Well, we know for the natural man in any time in Scripture, uh, when we know that it talks about the natural man, those are uh, those that are unbelieving heart, those are those that are walking according uh, to their own flesh. It is very evident that the natural man is not very willing uh, to acknowledge the blessings of the gospel salvation. And as, our, as we know in the Bibles, as it tells us that it's foolishness unto them. We don't have to search far to see that some TV programs and movies, as they mock and portray Christianity as a false entity, that to them it's a laughable subject. Well, as they go on to grasp themselves in the liberty of this world, well, we must see, well, it's what the Bible says liberty is. Because liberty is a big word. Well, how do you define liberty? Well, it's, uh, you can't come up here and preach on Webster's Dictionary because, well, you're not going to find much. 
But as we found here in our text, as it says, and I will walk at liberty, listen to the psalmist, and I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. In verse 45, the psalmist mentions the word liberty. The psalmist wanted to walk at liberty. Uh, The ungodly say that the believer has no liberty. The unbeliever says that the believer has no liberty. You're under just a bunch of rules and regulations. Well, you have not liberty. But as the unbeliever does say, the world screams of a liberty to follow the world. And you say the ungodly say that he believes. Well, the ungodly say that the believer has no liberty. They have to follow the Scripture. They say that there is no liberty in that. Where is the liberty in that? Well, they boast of liberty where they say that they can live as they please, uh, but in reality, as the Bible says, it's a bondage. Well, friends, uh, friends here tonight, one of us is wrong because either it's a bondage to be a Christian or it's at liberty. And friend, let us go in to see what the Bible has to say about this subject. And as we know here, as the unbelievers boast uh, to, for the Christian to be in bondage to the world. But let's see. Let's see what the Scripture says. Look at Second Peter here as we make a start. In Second Peter 2, verse 19, let us see what God's Word has to say. In Second Peter here, I'll just read it to you here. In Second Peter 2, verse 19, as it says here, it says here, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. And friend, as the Bible makes it very clear here, we're going to see uh, who has true liberty uh, even here tonight. They take the course of the world. They walk according to the course of this world. We're living in a time, friend, of public opinion. We're living in a time where loudness is soundness, uh, protests on the streets, lawlessness to make a stand. Well, they claim they want their liberty. The world claims to have their own notion on liberty of uh, what they claim that liberty is. But here... Not only that, but the Bible says that the natural man is also in bondage to the flesh. They say that the natural man is in bondage to the flesh and they yield to corrupt appetites. Here, as Romans tells us here, as we will be flipping through some scripture, Romans 7 verse 23, Romans 7 verse 23 as it reads, But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Here it talks about the captivity of a bondage of being under the pleasures of sin, being a bondage to the flesh. So they fulfill the desires of the flesh and whosoever yields to it. And corrupt and desires are indeed servants to the flesh. Well, isn't that the world we live in? As we see a push in our age, we see a push uh, for uh, pleasures of sin to uh, satisfy the flesh rather than to satisfy the soul. So the ungodly have no true liberty. Well, as they claim to have, the Bible screams of a captivity. Well, it talks about the sinner being under bondage of the devil. It talks about being bondage uh, by the flesh. 
Well, so they go on to fulfill the desires of the flesh and whosoever yields to it, to its corrupt desires, are indeed servants to the flesh. As the Bible makes it very clear, so the ungodly have no true liberty, well, as they claim to have, because the liberty they uh, claim to have is not the liberty that the Scriptures claim. And you know, as the Bible makes it very clear, as the Apostle Paul states that the wages of sin is death. The Bible does not take lightly uh, to sin, but yet liberty seems to be a notion of the church that liberty is compromise. But friend, the Bible teaches of no such thing. The Bible teaches of liberty not for the church to be uh, joining hands with the world and to sing uh, that great song together. No, you see, there's a great separation when it talks about the bondage of the flesh. Well, And to make things worse, the natural man is also in bondage to the devil. Well, it's also a bondage to the devil. The devil has subjected the whole race of man to his dominion. Well, we often know of that verse of the blindfold of the devil. And here we know in 2 Timothy here, 2 verse 26. I'll I'll read it to you very quickly. 2 Timothy 2 verse 26. In 2 Timothy 2 verse 26, as we see that the devil has subjected the whole race of man to his dominion, as it reads here in verse 26, 2 verse 26, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. And friend, we know what a great blindfold that is, even for the unbeliever, uh, that the devil is holding uh, this race captive, as we see that there's, it's a fight, it's a fight for people to come to church, and it takes all effort, you see, even to uh, get a word in of evangelism uh, to the lost. Where does that all come from? And friend, well, we know in, in Genesis when we read the fall of man, that as man uh, was separated from God that day when Adam sinned against God, we also we know that it was Adam that fled from God. No, friend, it wasn't man that stretched out his hand to God. It was God that stretched out his hand to Adam. He said, Adam, where art thou? It was God that had to go look for Adam because that day when sin entered into the world, it was bondage ever since the day when they took that fruit. And yet here is the Lord stretching out His hand to the lost. As there was a separation that day, there was a separation from man and God. That were, there, was once, there was once a coexistence that Adam was the friend of God. There was, as, as God created man in his own image, he was upright. You could say he was perfect. But friend, it was sin that brought destruction that very day. Adam, where art thou? saith the Lord. And as God still today stretches out His hands to the lost, that they're in captive, as we just read, as the devil has kept them captive, He comes to destroy. And we know that as it goes on to read here, many men say today, well, there is no devil. Friend, you talk to many believers, the first thing 
that they say when they get saved is they know there's a devil. The devil will get after them the day they get saved. Begins to be clear. Men say today there is no devil. Does that not prove that they are blinded by him and slaves to the devil so they have no such liberty? The devil would love to tell you that you do have liberty. Go and live like the world. There's your liberty. Go enjoy the pleasures of sin. However, the believer can have perfect liberty. Friend, I preach to you even here tonight that if you're a believer, you have perfect liberty. And you say here, well, the believer has perfect liberty. Why? Because they are serving Christ. That is where perfect liberty is found. And in John 8, verse 32, I'll just read it to you here. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And when we obey Christ's command, it brings about blessing. The Word of God is holy. It's just and good. And by obeying, we experience true liberty. Friend, it's not a bondage here tonight. Friend, it's not a bondage here tonight uh, to preach God's Word and, and to rejoice in His precepts as the psalmist said, so shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever as the psalmist looked at his time as he seen those that were dwelling in their sin. The same psalmist said, fret not thyself because of the evil doing of others. You don't feel bad because of those that are in their sin. Friend, liberty in Christ. As Christ did say in His Word that in this world you're going to have tribulation, you're going to have hard times, you're going to, it's going to be a very a hard going about, but it says, be of good cheer. It says, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. The Lord has released you prisoner from the bondage of the devil. And those that refuse today are the ones themselves in the fearful bondage. And Christ said, he that committeth sin is the slave to sin. And for example, millions today are slaves to drugs, alcohol, uh, tobacco, whatever uh, high drugs you want to say. I can, I can bring you to parts of this earth. I can, I can show you to the streets and it'll make you cringe. It'll make you cringe. Whole cities uh, being under the slave of sin. Drugs. We often think of British Columbia and the opium crisis that they have there. Fentanyl. Is that liberty? Friend, you talk to a drug addict and I'll tell you that's not liberty. Ask a drug addict if he enjoys his liberty. Ask a dying man with AIDS if he likes the fruit of his labor. You see, there is no liberty in those things. No liberty in disobeying God's Word. It's all destruction. It's all utter destruction. The psalmist, he wanted to be free from that which is evil. He did not want to be a slave to sin but free to do that which is good. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. He's on to say in verse 46, I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed. Friend, I will walk at liberty as the psalmist states, to walk in true liberty 
And this is part of his liberty. He is free, free from a fear of the greatest, proudest tyrants of men. We have seen many of God's people who had to do so a witness to kings, not ashamed of God's word, not ashamed to be called a Christian. Paul did, Joseph did, Daniel did, even Christ. Another example is David. David was called to stand before kings when he was in exile. Well, he knew what it was like. It's very easy to sacrifice religion uh, to, all the, uh, to all the people. It's very easy uh, to find liberty by compromising the gospel message. It's very easy to find liberty in a church when you begin to sacrifice God's words in order to jump on the bandwagon of public opinion. But that's not liberty. No friend... But he was resolved to do nothing of that kind. He would make the king and all politicians know that the Lord alone is governor among all the nations. The psalmist would speak to kings concerning the king of kings. He says, I will speak. He's not to shut up about the things of God. His life and his conduct were not enough. He says, I will speak of thy testimonies. And in verse 45, he was already resolved to walk. He says, I will walk. And now he says, I will speak concerning the things of God. My friend, this this psalmist was at liberty. This psalmist was uh, no... This psalmist was no fool. He claimed religious liberty and took care uh, to use it for he spoke out of what he believed even he was in the highest company. Notice that he would speak of God's word. I will speak of thy testimonies. He goes on to say that there is no theme like it and if we are ever to speak of God's testimonies we need not only a good testimony before others. We dare not sacrifice our testimony. We need not only a good testimony for others, but we need to know the Word and to use its thoughts and language. You need to know the Scriptures. And friend, as the Lord will bless them that seek Him. It's easy to feel ashamed when speaking upon these holy topics among companies of people, but the psalmist said, I will not be ashamed. I will not be ashamed when it comes to the ministry of the gospel. Friend, there there is a boldness here. No, he's not. He knows that he's not in bondage, but he is in liberty. It goes on to say, I will not be ashamed. And besides, there is nothing to be ashamed of anyway. There is no excuse. And yet, today, many fear the face of men. And they fear, well, if they don't jump on the bandwagon of public opinion, what might people think? Friend, where is the stand today? Where, where is the fight of the church besides we see here and we need to pray for grace that we may be bold in speaking for the Lord? Remember that if kings and politicians or others reject the theme of the gospel, we should be ashamed of them. Friend, we often know of that portion of Scripture, but never of our Master who sent us to Proclaim his word as he states in his word, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel. And the great commission, the great commission, it came not by any man, it came not by any political organization, but it came from God. As we know, 
as they went to shut down the apostles as they preached and they said as the Jews went to them to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. And their response, not ashamed. No, friend, it wasn't a shameful response, but it it was a response to know that they know that the Great Commission was of God and if the Great Commission is of God in which it is, then there's no use to jump on the bandwagon of public opinion. Liberty as the world claims uh, what liberty is. Next to liberty and courage comes delight when we have done our duty and find a great reward in it. After the psalmist spoke of God's testimonies, he felt the sweet serenity of heart. He obeyed the command and loved God's word. He loved the theme of God's word and retired to meditate upon it. As many times we see the psalmist dwelling upon the word of the Lord. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Friend, he knew something of God's word. And no, it wasn't a bondage. It wasn't a bondage. He obeyed the command and loved God's word. He loved the theme of God's word, meditated upon it. He never failed to delight himself in God's word. And as the devil will come to try to persuade you that the Lord will leave you, Oh, friend, as the psalmist goes on to say, for I was young, for I was young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken? He's saying, in all my time, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken? It's always been blessing. And you talk to a a new convert, you never hear the cry from a Christian, oh, I wish I was never a Christian. It's always the opposite. I pray that the Lord would have saved me sooner. He declared that that he loved God's commands in verse 47 as it reads, And I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. And we see wherever our love is, there is our delight. Wherever the love is, there is the delight. And if the love of the unbeliever is his sin, then the pleasure is going to be in the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Because that's where the heart is. The psalmist did not delight in the courts of kings, for he had found places of temptations to shame, as he's seen, uh, as you can say, he's seen the corruption of political office in his time. But he found his delight in the scripture. He found his delight in the scripture. He found himself at home. The Lord Jesus Christ said that if a man love him, he will keep his words. And John 14, verse 24 goes on to say, He that loveth me, not keepeth my sayings. Trust that we will make Christ the only beloved of our soul, even here, and that we will walk in liberty. Walking in liberty in Christ. It's not bondage. It's not bondage. The psalmist here promised God his duty, example, the service of his actions, that he would lift up his hands to the practice of God's commandments. Remember that the kingdom of God is not in word but in power. Our comment, one commentator said, to lift up the hand is a gesture importing readiness and special intention in doing a thing. My hand, says the psalmist, also will I lift up unto thy commandments. And as a man that is willing to do a thing and addresseth himself in the doing of it, lifts up his hand, so a godly man is described as lifting up his hand to fulfill the command of God. Friend, God 
does not want our respect here tonight. He wants our obedience. The psalmist knew that. The psalmist knew that what a great blessing it was to follow the commands of God. What a great blessing that comes with being uh, following the Lord and the Scriptures. Observe also in the word commandments is in the plural, which means all the commandments. Some people like to pick and choose, well, what commandments should I follow this week? Otherwise, even ungodly men will be content to love some of the commandments as we are, all, uh, we are to love all of God's commandments. Notice the final words, and I will meditate in thy statutes. And you see, meditation brings the word of, uh, to the mind and it, uh, considerably to looking at length into it. And the more we meditate upon God's word, well, the more we are strengthened. My friend, there's many things we can learn here tonight with true liberty. It's like a bee that longer, the longer it rests upon the flower, well, the more honey it will gather. A very simple illustration. But friend, as it is, is the more you meditate upon God's word, it will lead our feet into right paths. As the psalmist goes on to say, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. There's no other word, there's no other message for liberty, but as we see that we are all in liberty in Christ. To be in Christ is true liberty, friend, and not as the world states liberty is. As we know that great verse, as it was already stated, as Moses leaving the pleasures of sin only to suffer with the Lord's people. As Moses could have had it all, as being to the right hand of Pharaoh, he could have even been Pharaoh one day himself. Friend, he knew that was bondage. And he chose rather to suffer with God's people for a season rather than to dwell in the pleasures of sin. And because we hear, we see that meditation in God's word will lead our feet into right paths. And today we should all be, uh, we should, uh, be Bible believers and enriching ourselves in the enrichment of Scripture. Well, because we cannot serve God aright or pray until the lowest depths of our souls are moved. And by moving of God's word. And the psalmist said, I will meditate. And the more we meditate upon the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the more we will love him. And meditate is reading God's word and being engulfed with his word. And the more we will love him and be familiar with him, and the more anxious we will become not to offend our Lord and Savior through our ignorance. For it is far better to offend man. It's far better to offend the politicians of the land. It's far better to offend even the school systems, whatever you want to put there, for it's far better to offend them than to offend God. And here we know that the Lord will bless His word to our hearts here tonight, and we trust that we will truly find liberty, liberty even in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to end here, for it is far better to be in Christ and the mind of Christ you will walk you will walk as He walked. He came not only to redeem you by His blood, but to also to set an example that you should follow His steps, following the footsteps of Christ, and let it, let it be seen that Christ is with you of truth, and that when tempters come, we, res we resemble Him in our deadness to the world and our devotedness to God. Because of this, we will be judged foolishness.
Yes, friend, you will be laughed upon. You will be called foolish. Whatever the world may muster up, you may be called at bondage. But friend, but it's only the world that can, it's only the world that can judge of your commitment to Christ, to a superior knowledge of his mind. Our faith is constantly tried, even towards the end of our days. We also show, but we always show that we are one with Christ now and even to all eternity. And may the Lord bless his message here tonight to knowing what true liberty is, that liberty is not what the world screams liberty is, but liberty is truly what God's word says it is. Our Father and our God, we rejoice in thy precepts, Lord, that as we see as the psalmist rejoiced in thy law, and Lord, we pray that thou would give us even true liberty here tonight. We know that we have liberty in Christ. Lord, we see these days of apostasy. Lord, we see what the devil has in store. But Lord, we thank Thee that the liberty we have, that Thou did bid us even from the darkness into the light. And Lord, we thank Thee. We thank Thee most of all for the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. And, O God, we pray once again that Thou truly depart us with Thy blessing. Depart us, we ask. And Lord, be with everyone here. For we ask of all these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.